Shut up, I love it. Shut up, I love it. This is Shut Up, I Love It, obviously, because no other show starts by singing Shut Up, I Love It. And uh, apologies for those first few notes were a little bit off. Usually I'm not. I am Joe Cabello, and I am here with my co-host. Sasha Feiler. And this probably is one of my favorite openings so far for this uh, podcast. Sometimes they work. Other times they're very hard to come up with, but... (laughs) Not this time. Uh, how long did you plan for this one? Ten uh, minutes ago. <laughs> okay, not bad, not bad. Just enough time to make a good one, good entrance. This is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we invite a special guest to talk about something underrated, underappreciated, forgotten, hated, any of the, any of the above, anything. Insert your, you know, the one that works for you. Who is joining us today, Joe? All right, we're excited to have writer-performer and one of the hosts behind the Full Metal Analyst podcast, Michelle Lishan. Hello, Michelle. Hello, everyone. I would also sing, but I do not know how to sing, which uh, (laughs) should take as a a hint that I should not be singing. (laughs) Well, some people, you know, I will admit I'm not proud of what I did. I, I think I could nail it harder, but I was a little shy about peeking on the microphone. <laughs> so I just, I didn't quite nail it. And maybe we'll even do one at the end. Maybe. And hey, that's what auto gain is for, to balance it all out. Just saying. Just nerding out on this podcast. Throw it on level later. <laughs> I'm sure Tom Hooper did. Oh, he actually... <laughs> I mean, it's funny. He did. Let's not get too ahead of put the horse in front of the cart or the cat in front of the horse. Either one. Michelle, what are you here to talk about? I am here to talk about the 2019 feature film adaptation of the stage musical Cats, directed by Tom Hooper. Oh, my God. Uh, Oh, my God. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, what a great excuse for me to see this movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so you, you just, um, we we usually save that for a little bit later, but I, I'm happy to get to it now. Okay. Sasha, is the, this was your first time watching it Was for this podcast? Yeah, it's the first time. I heard about it, and I heard about, you know, the, the way that people really didn't like it. So that's why it really caught my eye in that sense. And I was very curious the whole time. Thank what you. About I just you? want to say thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you yeah. for blessing me with your first time watching oh, no. Cats. It's thank a- you for, bl- for blessing me, for sure. I'm feeling very <laughs> blessed. Uh, Joe, what about you? Have you heard of Cats 2019? Uh, well, I'll save that. What? I'll save that. Whenever for- Joe starts saving something, it ends up being like a big, like just like a reveal twist. Uh, Were you in Cats? <laughs> I, I was. <laughs> I, I was the person that throws the the cat in the bag at the beginning, uh, wearing heels, I believe the character is. Yes. Uh, but before I reveal myself, mm-hmm. both my, showing my penis and revealing my uh, feelings, penis Michelle, abundant. why did you bring this onto the podcast? What do you think, where does this sit as a Shut Up, I Love It category? This is the combo, Shut Up, I Love It, where it's hated and misunderstood 
And I would even say it's a little bit unknown for the right reasons. I would say it's a combo of all three. It's an oddity. Uh, This movie should not exist. And the fact that it exists is a blessing upon our world. (laughs) The fact that the... the It's like... You know that speech from uh, Watchmen where Dr. Manhattan is like, do you know all the things that had to happen for you to be here standing in front of me? I'm like that with this movie. Do you know how many rich people had to say Mm. yes (laughs) and then had to agree on things for this movie to happen and to be released on our screens i i'm i i blessed blessed really. some might say misled to give their money to make this movie happen or to approve of the money yeah and uh, abused vfx teams <laughs> abused to make this happen thoroughly abused i don't know how much research you guys uh do because i did a lot of research um because i'm obsessed with cats uh not the musical uh, my that was going to be my question. Do yeah. you know? Are you a fan at all of the the? Music? No, uh, I I'm I'm a fan of musicals. I love musicals, uh, but I've never seen Cats. The first time I ever saw the movie version of Cats, the 1998 taped version of the stage production, uh, was on a plane. I was sick, and the movie was not helping yet. <laughs> and you were a young child. No, I was. Uh, it was 2019. I watched it specifically because I knew that the 2019 movie was coming out, and I was like, I, I need to know oh, what the okay. stage production is mm-hmm. like. So I watched that, and it's uh, it's okay. I'm like, I get why people like this. It's fairly not for me. Uh, but I was very... Everything I learned about Cats, everything I saw about the 2019 Cats that was coming out, I was like, I need to watch this movie once it comes out. <laughs> and, I, and I watched it three times in the, when it came out. That's how obsessed I was with it because uh, this movie does not exist without Tom Hooper. It does not exist without Tom Hooper doing Les Miserables in 2012. It mm-hmm. does not exist without Tom Hooper getting an Oscar for Le, getting nominated from Les Miserables in 2012. It does not exist without all of these people that were involved in it thinking that that movie is a good movie. And it most certainly does not exist without... Steven Spielberg in the 90s trying to make an animated version of Cats and failing like so wait which one did you see on the plane I saw there's a 1998 film mm-hmm. version of the stage production I don't know if it's the original cast or something, it's like but just it's, filmed on yeah. stage kind of like mm-hmm. the newest uh, and you yeah, weren't a fan Hamilton. you were like whatever sure I was I was I was not a fan but I wasn't like oh this is the worst piece of theater I've ever seen like I I thought it was okay I, I thought it was interesting I think the thing about Cats is like you, the, people either hate it or love it I found that out about it like the musical Cats is so strange and so weird that people either go in there to like that is the most magical experience you can have in the theater or they can go in and be like I have no idea what that was it was just people in Lycra gyrating in my face for <laughs> 120 minutes and that's Cats I think like that's the musical Cats in, in a nutshell um, people gyrating for yeah. an hour mm-hmm. 15 hour and a half something like that have any of you ever seen cats on stage or or the movie version of the no i have a special connection with it though i have a special really? connection what? i it's i'm a little res- re- reluctant to tell you about this but i um when i flew to america by myself at a young age by myself coming to america from siberia a man next to me on the i was very young and naive and he said next to me on the plane he said are you nervous? Because it was like shaking, like whatever, it was turbulence. And I said, yeah, I'm a little nervous flying on a plane across the ocean. He said, well, don't worry. The moment you come to America, 
you will find out that's the safest place in the world, he said. And the best thing about it is the musical Cats that I had seen wow. every day since it came, like whatever, not every day, once a year since like, which is what, 18 years. Um, so I don't know. I, and then I was like never followed up because I mean, the cats weren't on, on stage anymore. He was just like sharing his excitement for cats. But for some reason, I don't know, it's like a weird, like nostalgic feeling when I think of cats because it's like big moment in my life it's america cats is america to me cats on stage is america that i've never followed up on and checked out any taped versions of it but it's huge which is funny because cats is british (laughs) doesn't make any sense you ever ever think about that like cats was made by a british guy and it premiered on the i think it was in the west end first I, 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 I know what you mean, because I also have that. I'm from Brazil originally, and I also have that idea where I associate cats with America, mm-hmm. but I don't know why, because whenever <laughs> I read about cats, it's like, this is a very British thing. Everyone in the show is British. Everything in the show is British. Like, there's a song about a cat who lives in a train. Right. I mean, I think they're like landmarks of London that are a big part of like the storytelling. Like, Oh, yeah, the River Thames <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Uh, it's weird because even something like Peter Pan is, is British, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't think of it that way because of the Disney animated film, which felt very just American and regionalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So there there tends to be those things. And it's just a testament testament to the big maw of america swallowing up everything and taking it as its own joe Um, have you seen um cats on stage in any form i haven't it's always been kind of like a a joke you know like growing up just the idea of cats and i believe i saw a dance interpretation of one of the songs from cats at one of my sister's dance recitals Mm -hmm. where they just like you know there was one of the songs they did a dance routine towards of it like a jazz dance routine or something sure i don't know but that was that was as much as i saw and i've seen like uh images and short videos but this cats movie i saw twice in theaters and several oh. times in what? general uh because <laughs> i okay. had see i told you michelle i warned you joe is saving a big reveal there we go yeah i watched it once with a bunch of friends in the, when it first came out Were and then high? after that oh well yes i was mm-hmm. very high i think i might be high now i'm not even sure anymore <laughs> and thursday uh, at noon what do i know i, I had <laughs> i had to take my fiance who was not my fiance at the time i proposed in the middle of cats no, no. <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> hey, marry me <laughs> Um, had to take her to see it in theaters, um, and then from there on, you know, just once it came out on video on demand, I I watched it. So I like how many times you said? Mm-hmm. I think this might have just been my second or third time watching it on video on demand. So like four or five times you've seen Cats. Yeah, I've seen her movie a, a, mm-hmm. a couple times at least. <laughs> wow, I... it's it's a magical movie. It's a magical experience. It is an experience, and it's a very shareable movie. I like movies that I know I could put on with friends, and we will be talking. We will be laughing. That doesn't necessarily always equate, and you've got the cat's mug. Uh, no, I have nobody. a story about this. We Hold just, on a sec. We just saw it, but he casually pulls That's up incredible. a cat's mug. I have a cat's mug. Um, sorry, please finish, because I have a story about this. <laughs> we'll want to hear that uh, so much. But yeah, I love a movie where... People can just talk and riff and have fun. And it might not be a good movie or, you know, a great movie, whatever you want to say, but 
Um, is it not a great movie because it inspires fun and whatnot? So this falls into that category of movies where I know, oh, you didn't see this movie? Let's watch it. We're going to have fun. Uh, I have a similar experience with Cats. <laughs> I first watched it. So in December of 2019, I went back to Brazil for the holidays. And I remember t- convincing my mom and my family. I was like, because that was the, f- I was like, we got to watch Cats. <laughs> they were like, we don't know what Cats is. I was like, no, 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 we have to watch Cats. And we went to watch Cats, me and my whole family. And they were just like aghast and confused. And I was literally going like, like clapping and cheering for the movie. Uh, and then when I get caught back to America, I watched it again by myself at an AMC. <laughs> and then I watched it a third time at the Alamo Draft House because they started doing rowdy screenings. And that's where I won this mug, this cat's mug, which uh, the, before the movie started, they were like, uh, we have a mug to give out. Whoever does the best cat impression gets the mug. And everyone did meow. And I thought, I've seen cats and I know that the cats and cats uh. are very sexual. Yes. So uh, I did, now we have to. We have I did to. a gyrating hip thrust, and mm-hmm. I went meow, and I got this mug. And the thing is, that at the bottom of the mug, it says, you will believe, which I feel like is an appropriate tagline for the movie Cats. Mm-hmm. It's like, you will believe that this movie exists. Uh, you wouldn't before. <laughs> so somebody will put all this money into it, yeah. It's a, it's a weird movie for many reasons, but it is one that makes more sense the more you watch it because i think the first time you see this movie you're kind of dumbstruck by everything and everything seems confusing and bizarre but then as you do watch it more and more you're like oh no this this does (laughs) right this is following something yeah it tracks The, the, the the biggest reason i love this movie is because um you can tell that this is all the work of one person. It's insane, and none of it makes sense. But you can tell that this was one person going, no, no, no. But I want the cats to do this. And I, I want like the an cats older person. That. Am I right? Like, it feels like a very older man's joke. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, how old is Tom Hooper? Let me figure it out. Uh, I, th- I thought I had him up on my... He's 48 years old. To be. Okay. He's, he's not, not ancient. But he has an old soul. Yes. Old hum- sense of humor, that's for sure. And the thing about it is, like, everything about this movie, you can tell Tom Hooper was like, I get it. This is going to be my... And again, like I said, this movie only exists because his Les Miserables adaptation mm-hmm. did so well. Like, that did sure, great. The studios, let's do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved it. Everybody was like, let's do it again. And Universal was like, uh, we have found a new success. Like, again... The context you have to think about it is like the studio doing this is Universal Studios and Universal is like, we need our thing because what do they have that every studio has a franchise nowadays. Disney has Marvel and Warner Brothers has DC. Universal had Fast and Furious, but nothing else. And so they were like, we got to find our thing. And they figured out their thing was musicals because they put out Lem is a Rob and then they started putting out these musicals. But I think like they were like insane musicals are our thing for some reason yeah like they're just really into it and they put this out in december because they were like well this is counter programming for star wars rise of skywalker <laughs> <laughs> they were like people are not gonna want not everyone's gonna want to watch the last star wars movie let's just put cats out and then they put cats out and everyone is like this is awful this is insane we love it and the thing that happens is i don't know if you folks saw that but when the movie came out there started being all these twitter threads of people who went to the movies and then these movies just turned into like huge sing-along parties with people clapping mm. and cheering and laughing at the movie because it's the kind of movie where you look at it and you're like 
this movie doesn't exist anymore because it's the insane, unfiltered images of one man put on a giant screen. With not a great vision, may I say. It's not a great vision. And you're all being subjected to it. And the only reaction you can have is to either go, "Ah, I'm done with this and walk out or to join in and celebrate. Like the rowdy screening was like one of the last things I saw on theaters before the pandemic. And it was amazing. Like we were all clapping and laughing and cheering. We were singing along to the songs. We were like, whenever the character, whenever the characters would touch each other, we would go like kiss. We'd yell like, for them. Yeah, <laughs> they won't kiss though. They won't so kiss. So much fun, guys! Like it's the kind of movie where every time you're watching it, you're like, it's not like oh, tell me more. It's not the tell me more about kind of movie. It's like why did you do this movie? Like why did you think it was a good idea to have yeah. Rebel Wilson? Take off her mm. cat skin to reveal a vest. More <laughs> cat skin. Yeah, a vest with more cat skin. This movie There's... is only great because it's a culmination of a lot of bad decisions. Yes, yes. And I think that's really And I think like, it's amazing. arguable whether it's great or not. Well, uh, uh, certainly. <laughs> but it is arguable. Because I let's, think let's talk about it. Why do people hate this movie so much? Because it's maybe so... I... <laughs> It doesn't make any, like, as far as, like, a storyline, it's really bizarre and hard to follow the Mm -hmm. way they do it. Passive main character. Passive. She doesn't do shit except at the end. No, you're right. Because Mm -hmm. that main character doesn't exist. I mean, the thing with the musical is that the stage musical is literally just, here's a cat, he sings about himself, Mm -hmm. themselves, and then he leaves. And then at the Mm -hmm. end... Uh, she sings Memory and everyone goes, oh my God, that is a great song because it is a great nice song. Nice song. It's a great yeah, song. it's a great song. And then the, the show ends. But the thing is that like that kind of shit flies on stage because when you go to a theater and you see people on stage, you're like, I know that that's not really a cat, but I can sort of appreciate the talent and the skill that's being put into this. It's like a when concert. You, yeah, yeah. When you put put this on a f- movie and you take off, take out of the, the the audience, you take off the, the fourth wall of the stage, there's so many things that they do to justify, like, like who are they singing to? Like, that's the first thing you're going to ask yourself in the movie. Like, who are they singing to? And well, so especially they added, at the end, Judy Dench yeah. very aggressively looks in the camera. Looks in the camera. It sings for so long, you can feel your life draining <laughs> up. amazing. <laughs> the moment she looked in the, straight to the camera, that first showing especially that I saw it, everybody in the theater you could feel like a gasp and an energy kind of like oh what's happening it's so startling how she looks at the camera very very like last five minutes of the movie they decide to address you right right directly it's it's because like in the musical that doesn't that's not a problem because the first thing they do is they talk to you that the first song where it's like Mm. Am I seeing someone who's ever heard of a jellical cat and they explain what jellical cats are? They are singing that to you. They straight up look at the audience and go, do I see somebody who does not know what a jellical cat is? Let me explain to you what a jellical cat is. But in this movie, they added Victoria. They didn't really add her. She's a character in the musical, but she's Mm. not the protagonist. There's no protagonist in Cats. But they give her the role of the protagonist and the audience self-insert. The window, the window. Yeah, yeah. the window. She's Mm -hmm. like the new cat. Like Joe says, she gets thrown into the cats at the beginning. Uh, by Joe, yeah. he comes in, in and, his high and, <laughs> and the whole time they're singing to her, and there's so many changes that they made of like, because in the musical, it's a lot more other cats singing about each cat. Like the Gumby cat, it's mm. more like people singing, oh, the Gumby cat does this. But in this movie, they were like, oh, no, but Rebel Wilson is to sing about herself. But then the question becomes like, who are you singing to? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we are not part of the story. We're... 
we're not we're the audience we're just watching this universe where we the audience don't exist and it, it it never really leaves this uncanny valley of narrative where oh, it's like it's all uncanny valley. Just you never every know ounce these, of this movie. Is you uncanny. never yeah. <laughs> it, it's not just the people like the people look awful. We can talk about the people for years. Like whatever they did there does did not work. It and the is idea bad. behind that the idea behind I mean do you guys know the idea behind the the cat suits? <laughs> it's oh, insane. I, I just know like the making of it was very Tom Hooper not caring about the visual effects team, just being like, oh, just wear your clothes. They're telling the actors, yeah, yeah, oh, you walked in in a t-shirt and some slack. Yeah, that's fine. They're like, shouldn't we put dots on ourselves or like a suit? He's like, nah, that's yeah. not our that problem. That is incredible. If you look at Tom Hooper's uh, making off for Lemmy's Robs, you he he's obsessed with this idea that like we have to capture the live aspect of mm. it. So everyone is singing live in both Lemmy's Robs and, and Cats, and they're recording their singing live, which is different from like a usual musical where you say they record it and they kind of match their lips when they're recording. But the thing is like the reason why they do that in movies is because when you sing in a booth and then you match your lips to it. You can do things that you couldn't do if you're singing live. <laughs> so in this movie, you you can see people like struggling to keep up with songs because they have yeah. to jump and, and do things that they wouldn't do on stage. And so there's so many songs where somebody's going like, or they're catching, they're gasping for air, or they're not syncing up to the orchestra because Tom Hooper was literally like, I don't know, just do whatever, just we're, we're live. Do it live. Yeah, yeah. That first song, the Jellicle song. It, it feels so weird. Like it sounds weird. It sounds discordant while yeah. at the same time being melodic because yeah. of that. Like, okay, here's a good song, but we're forcing them to uh, perform it under duress. And you're looking at this weird visual thing. So it feels like you're having a stroke in that first musical number. <laughs> and the cat sizes do not make sense because oh, that's the worst part <laughs> because they're like, okay, so we're going to make the world big to fit the cat. But they made the world so big, they're like cockroaches. They're oh, so speaking tiny. Speaking of cockroaches, way too yeah, many yeah. Co fucking cockroaches. Cockroach <laughs> I do not thing. like cockroaches in movies. That's what, I have not seen the part of Rick and Morty, the part of that episode when Rick, where Rick turns into, you know, wears a, the yeah. uh, exoskeleton. Because I just can't watch that. I can't hear those sounds. It's bad. It's, I cannot. This was very upsetting, like seeing those micro cockroaches. And yeah, I will is. say, there, because we should speak to that uh, musical number. We'll get there. But, like, there's a point right before that musical number where every time I watch it, and especially, like, that first time, I think, okay, I get this. I, it's weird, but I think I found my footing. And then that Rebel Wilson musical number happens, <laughs> and I go, oh, I have no idea. Actually... This is a shift. I don't know if I get this. It's amazing that the movie was like, what who do we start with? Who's going to be the first single song in this movie to set everyone in? And they were like, Rebel Wilson. And it's like, what a miss, a wrong choice. Just like wrong mm. on all counts. Rebel Wilson does not know how to sing, apparently. Cause but she, she keeps getting singing roles. She's yes. in Pitch Perfect. I don't understand why she keeps getting cast in these singing roles. It makes roles. no sense. It makes no sense because you're watching her and she's not singing. Like, almost everyone in this movie, except for the actual singers, like <laughs> Derulo and Hudson and all that, they're just, like, talk singing. They're doing, like, the whole, like, I'm talking and I'm singing, but I'm not really doing any songs in my... Like, it's... They're mm. just doing that. Mm -hmm. And... And it just gets so annoying because you're like, 
these are songs. They're meant to be songs. Say whatever you want to say about Andrew Lloyd Webber. But the guy knows how to write a song. So if you put those words in the mouth of somebody who's talk singing, it just sounds bad. Like, your brain is just going like, there's something wrong about this. I don't know what it is, but there's something incredibly wrong about what you're doing, and I need you to stop. You want And it more. just keeps going more. <laughs> oh, yeah. you don't. And that, that, I will say Victoria, played by... Um, Francesca Hayward, who's a, a legitimate ballerina, I actually right. think she does a, a fantastic job singing, even not being a singer. Yeah. So she's kind of this, uh, the one who rises above yeah. that. She's, you know, I was, I looked her up too, and to me, she's like, uh, yeah, she fulfills the role of complete, just straight up ingenue with no uh, character drive and anything. She does this one thing that really annoyed me. Like, I really, I, I mean, I like her look. I mean, what what they've done to her is very upsetting in this movie, but. She does this very annoying, annoying thing, but like in the very medium shot, she like feels like she has to do this like one gyrating move or something. Like, right? She just has she's to prove like that this. she's still a cat. Yes. And for some reason, it would just fucking make me sick. Like, I, I mean, again, she's like a wonderful. Everybody's person, doing that move, but she though. would just do this thing, and I'm like, just fucking relax already. That's like, the sexuality <laughs> that is oozing out of this movie. Is that everybody, and especially um, the other, like the the kind of main guy. Um, a monkey strap, I think, is, is my monkey strap, which is Robbie Fairchild. Yeah, that guy's fucking the camera a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> Everybody's just kind of like doing that all the time, and it feels so unnecessary. But it is the magic; it's the sexual magic but, that this oh. movie has. But you want to know why they're doing that? It's because of what you said. Like when they shot this, the the thing is, like in the musical, they're all wearing this amazing makeup and these costumes that make them look like cats and the makeup of the costumes always do like half the work you know but mm. when they shot this they probably didn't have any makeup they probably didn't have any costumes so they probably yeah. have to like go overdrive with the physical acting to justify the like look i I've ha- i have no costume so i have to i'm an actor i gotta be a cat and it's like it, it's there's so many things where it's problems that they just gave themselves for no reason. Yeah, I mean, know? this movie is a proof that it's extremely important what art design is, yes. what uh, what uh, visual effects are. We don't talk about that shit and those Oscars. Nobody gives a shit about them. But when they go, like, just like when they go straight, like the way they did it in this fucking movie, like you just become like, this is unwatch. Like to me, this is like unwatchable. This is this is just wrong, this is vomit inducing, when, when you see just the dark hallways with terrible visual effects like overlaying on it, you're like, what am I watching 1970s like B yeah. movie, like what is happening? And the worst part about that is, uh, I don't know if you all remember the 2019 Oscars, which feel like 30 years ago by this yeah. point but when they were doing the visual effects uh, Oscar, Rebel Wilson and probably the MVP of badness in this movie, James Corden came come out and like yeah. dress like cats <laughs> yeah. and they're making fun of the fact that the special effects look bad and it's like first of all screw you which yeah. uh, people worked hard for doing the things they did like it's not the visual effects people fault not their that, fault at all that the no. thing looks bad like the least you could do as an actor for this movie is show some goddamn respect for the visual effects mm-hmm. artists especially because many of them were fired after this movie were like mm. finished because like that's how i would never have a career effects. again the, right yeah mm-hmm. this movie is the like the the template of vfx abuse and yeah. what's wrong with the industry and that's unfortunate for it and it's unfortunate that this is it's also what makes the movie 
uh, fun and great is how odd it looks. It's so uncanny, which is such a disservice to the fact that you have uh, uh, Francesca Hayward, a prima ballerina, Mm -hmm. but her moves don't look real because they put a layer of CG over her. So she's there actually doing these amazing ballerina moves that would mesmerize people on stage, but you're looking at it and just like... It's a waste. It's a complete waste. It's it's such a waste. Uh, (laughs) But to me, it's like it's a confluence of shitty choices because we live in an era where CGI can do anything, right? And it's like we've become so desensitized and used to Mm -hmm. CGI Every Marvel movie has, like, an amazing thing happen on the third act that any person from the 80s and the 90s would look at and just, like, their brains would blow up. And we're like, yeah, whatever. We've seen this before. So it's so weird for us to watch a movie where the CGI is drawing attention to itself. Like, for a movie where the CGI Mm -hmm. fails... Not by their fault, but just completely fails and to disguise itself. With a decent as budget, with a decent yeah. big budget, a hundred and whatever, seven million, or I can't remember how much exactly. A hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's almost like a director from like nineteen forties traveled in time and was given a job to make a twenty nineteen movie. And he was like, "We have visual effects. This is what we're gonna do." Yeah, and oh, everyone's like, "No, dude, perfect. you got to do it this way." And he's like, "This isn't how we do it down on Broadway." <laughs> no, we're I, gonna have I all actually... the wide shots. You really don't like. It's all dark. Every hallway looks the same. Doesn't matter. Nobody they cares. cuts so much. Like you can't see the people dancing because they cut mm. all the time. Which is the problem with modern musicals. Um, Around this time, not around this time, like a year earlier, I remember watching, I don't know if you guys seen Mary Poppins Returns. And Mary yeah. Poppins Returns has amazing dancing, but you can't see it because they keep cutting. And mm. you can't, like, like th- that's the thing that... Well, there's going to be a reason up. why they're cutting. Yeah. There probably isn't a no, reason. There isn't, oh, there probably there isn't is. any. Because oh, people oh, like to get it in the wide shots. Yeah. People love to get it in the wide shots. Whenever there's something like a shtick, like, oh, like a really cool dance, or like an animal doing a trick, or something like... People always want to get try to get it in the wide shot, and they only have to cut because something went wrong. So I bet you it was like either the actor not hitting the marks or something else that was going on. They were like, "We have to fix They're it." Like, not, I mean, yeah, they just can't yeah. do it. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's just like that. That's why I think it's funny that we brought up like 1940s, 1950s movies because <laughs> I feel like they would know to like, okay, we're just gonna put the camera here and do the thing right, and then we're gonna put that. Like, that's why. There's so many good dancing scenes in the in those musicals because they mm-hmm. knew first of all the people dancing knew how to dance and then the people shooting were knew how to get out of the dancers' way. Whereas mm-hmm. here you can feel like everyone cameras. in this movie is like, well, we can't just let them dance because this is a movie and we got to put something here. Like the improv in this movie, I hate it so much. Oh, oh like really? The comedy I, I, and stuff. I haven't the paid comedy. attention yeah. to it. I haven't paid enough well, attention to the comedy been, of it. <laughs> Every Please. time, like they interrupt the song, so they interrupt the song, so Rebel Wilson can make a joke or James Corden can make a joke, and you're like, "Stop interrupting! I want to see the dancing and the mm-hmm. singing." And it's like, uh, Rebel Wilson going, I-, "I can also dance like him." By the way, there's oh, a yeah. shot in this movie that I'm just obsessed with, where it's Jason Derulo is singing again. He's a good singer, so he knows how to sing, and it cuts to Rebel Wilson, and she's like talking to Monkos Trap, but for some reason. Munkle Strap is not in the scene. There's just a giant lamppost where he should be. 
So I'm like, what happened there? Why are we not showing the other cat character she's talking to? And they stay on that shot for so long, and you hear him talking, but you don't see him. And I'm like, what, what happened? And, and she's saying those stupid jokes, right? Yeah, she's saying, I can dislike him too. Like, and then she does like a stupid yeah, yeah. thing, and it's oh, like, it feels like such a, yes. hey, Rebel, do something funny. And then the very unfunny Tom Hooper saw her do that joke and was like, that's and excellent. Died. He died it. He's <laughs> like, we got it. At which point this director looks at it and says, we got it. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. And even Rebel Wilson might have been like, oh, I would have liked, you know, a couple minutes to think of something or to do something else, which I I hate to hate on her. I think she does have some funny talent, but whatever it wasn't used in this. There's well, Idris Elba funny. wasn't used well. Idris Elba was I mean, what a waste. He's one of my faves and so I he was wasted. unwatchable. <laughs> Unwatchable. And I guess he can teleport people, which is so <laughs> casually uh, part of Nobody the explores movie it. the It's world. just a rule of the world <laughs> introduced like mid second act. Like, yeah, by the way. It, it's amazing too because you're like, okay, I guess he just killed that person. You're like, I guess I can get that. Instead of having him slash right. Rebel Wilson and her get bloody, which would be totally wrong, she mm-hmm. disappears. Okay. But then you realize, no, he teleported her to a boat. Not a boat, a barge in the middle of the fans. Because James, James Corden really likes that, like, I can't be in a barge in the middle of the fans. Oh. I have to be in a ball. Like, he thinks oh. he's being so funny. Yeah. Ugh. No one is. The answer is no, no one, one, is. one is. But no one see, is. But Would collectively, according to you, Michelle, collectively, they are. They are funny collectively. Collectively, they are. Like, that's the thing. No <laughs> one is funny, but collectively, they are. And I can give everyone in this movie, like, a, 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 an excuse. I can give everyone in this movie, if they were come to, uh, walked up to me and said I was in Cats, I'd be like, I understand. Don't worry about it, but I got you. I, Ian McKellen, I understand. Don't worry about it. He Jennifer destroys it, So though. fragile. He looks he, so fragile. That, I worry about him. I worry about him. Everyone, I'm like, I understand. Don't worry about it, bro. You're here in my heart. James Corden, no excuses, zero excuses. Mm-hmm. James Corden <sighs> is literally like, like, I don't understand how it took us until this year to be like, we have had enough. Mm-hmm. I know, I don't, man. I don't understand the appeal. I don't get what's going on. By all accounts, he seems to be kind of an asshole. <laughs> so. I, I have a friend who told me that like the thing with James Corden is like, it's like the world had a meeting. To agree that James Corden was funny, and we just missed it. <laughs> like, That's funny. Did every, when did everyone agree that this guy is like the funniest British person ever? And I have a personal beef with James Corden. It's very personal because the he's doing the Late Late Show, and the person who was doing the Late Late Show before him, Craig Ferguson, it was like ten times funnier than oh, James yeah. Corden. And and every time that people talk about late night talk shows, it's like, oh, late late show, James Corden revolutionized it. It's like everything they say that he did, Craig Ferguson did first and did it better. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I'm always annoyed by how much people love this guy. And it's like, why? Why is it about him that he does? Like, he's just the most. And you can see this in this movie. Like, in this movie, he's just doing, like, the most middle of the road comedy. Like,. Ugh. But it, with the just, confidence of, I got this. Hey, yeah. everybody, James Corden's here. Just turn on the camera. I just got this. Just wearing, like, a bad fat suit and dancing. That's, like, I mean, barely dancing. Yeah. You're just walking here like this. Right, right. That's how he does. And then Jennifer Hudson, I mean, Jihad is a little, like, almost too much. I mean, does anybody right. feel that? Like, it's almost like, 
All right, bring it down. Somebody tell her <laughs> to bring it down. <laughs> well, she is, I think to the movie, it makes the movie better how she is in a different movie. Right. Like she is bringing a gravitas to this movie that no one else is. Shakespearean, Shakespearean right. gravitas. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think her uh, her singing is so incredible in this because it borders like it's ugly and beautiful at the same time. Right. And that and is she, hard to do. And she's also like whenever she shows up on screen, uh she lo- she's the only one of the only actors where you're like Oh, her makeup kind of works, but not, it doesn't really perfectly work, but it kind of works. It's not covering the face. Yeah, there's other. only one reason why it works is because her body is not shown because of the yeah. shawls. That yeah. is why it works. Everybody else, because <laughs> you see their human figure, you're like, what the? You're right. Especially Idris Elba. Who, who looks takes off his... Oh, my God. Oh, he God. It looks... naked with that <laughs> tail wrapping, I mean, like in a very suggestive way around mm-hmm. his thighs. Which makes no sense because in the lyrics he's like, my cavity is a ginger cat and they make him, nobody else, they do this in nobody else. Like that's the thing. They only did this to Idris Elba where his entire body is the same color as his face. Mm. So you don't see where his face ends or his body begins. (laughs) So he just looks like like a poorly drawn human being. I mean, were they working on like a really tight schedule? They were, four months. Yeah, the, the trailer, the VFX had six months to make, Aww. and the movie, four months. So they were just making, they were just sitting there waiting for the render to happen and being talking to themselves in like the, the you know, like the edit rooms being like, we're fucked. This is going to be a piece of shit. There's nothing we can do. Yeah, sleeping under their desks, yeah. working 90 right. hour weeks, uh, only to ha- be made fun of by the two worst parts of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, it's like if, if 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 like Judy Dench came out and made fun of them, it would still suck. But at least you're like Judy Dench. Mm-hmm. That right. that James Corden and Rebel Wilson had the gall to go on stage. And How did like, it go yeah. over when they did it? Uh, I mean, everybody laughed during sure. the ceremony, of course. But after it, people were like, I, I think there's this tweet that went viral where it's like. Hey, somebody was like, hey, I'm a visual effects artist who got fired after working 90-hour weeks in this movie and sleeping under my desk. I hope they said something nice, like, like you're funny. welcome. Mm-hmm. I, it's just so much. It's, it's like, like, that's the she, thing. They're so confident that they're doing something amazing. And nobody told them no. There's nobody well, the director them told them you're no. doing good. That's what it is. Yeah. It takes a shitty director mm-hmm. to ruin. That's why in TV... In TV, you can have a director, which happens, that's what, how it works, right? Director comes in every week, and the crew can still pull it off. You can still make a decent, decent episode of television with director being complete fucking disaster. With movies, you can't do that. It is director's medium. Yeah. If director has no fucking vision, this is what you get. Like, you get a pile of garbage. Yeah, and it's too um, different than the normal movie structure for any of the actors to overcome that because they're in like just a warehouse, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Go do your, <laughs> go do your dance," and none of them are gonna be like, "I think we should do it this way" because they have no fucking idea how this is gonna be put they together. Versus, yeah. you know, you have actors in normal movies being like, "Hey, I think I should play the scene like this" because you know we're in an office room and I want to circle the table. You know, they have some sort of footing, but I don't think the actors had any footing in this movie to to defy. They had they did have to attend cat school. 
uh, which is this is a quote from Taylor Swift. She said, "We would literally do hours on end of barefoot crawling on the floor, hissing at each other. We learned about cat instincts in the way they carry themselves, and the way that they process information, the way they see the world, the way they move." And again, here's the question: Why? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, even in the acting school, I was like, "Why?" Like, I nobody, mean, like, no. No, but like, oh, also like Taylor Swift probably loved that. That she probably loved. She loves that. cats, yeah. So yeah. I think I think she did. And well, I, no, I, I love will... cats, but I it's oh, you mean cats the oh. musical? She oh, she loves no, the no, animals. just cats the animal. So, so do I. I will defend that. I think one of the best parts of this movie is how um, accurately the cat portrayals <laughs> are, as much as they can be for you know uh, bipedal people playing them. Like even to just the, Uncanny Valley. Yeah, just the, the, you know, they come close to each other's face, which for us is sexual. But no, we've seen cats do that where they like briefly nuzzle. It looks like it's going to be a kiss. There's a lot of those little things that I think are really uh, well, good. <laughs> well, I think it is, it's ultimately uncanny. But like if it didn't have that element, this wouldn't be as interesting. And that's I true for all of all of the bad elements of this movie. To me, it's like I can appreciate that. Definitely. But to me, it's like the, the Lion King 2019 problem, where you see John Favreau talking about how much they worked to make the world and the lions as accurate as possible. And it's like, lions don't talk, they don't sing, they don't follow narrative structure. Right. It's right. like, it's good that you're doing all this work. But at no point in my <laughs> magical musical movie about cats was I like, I sure hope these singing tap dancing cats act like cats i'm like that that was like it's good that you did that extra credit but that was not the assignment you know like yeah for starters you should have and it, and it sorry there's a fly here and i'm swatting at it like a cat, like a cat. but <laughs> but it seems it's it's telling to me that the best part of the movie in my opinion i don't know if you guys agree is the part where it's most like raw talent which is the skimbo shang sequence which is it's literally just a guy tap dancing and you can't screw that up i mean they try but you can't screw that up so it's really just a guy tap dancing and the whole time you're like all oh, right yeah, this guy is tap dancing and he knows how to tap dance and is doing a really good tap dancing and it's just like when that part came on during the rowdy screening at the alamo draft house uh all of us started going like faster 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 and by the end <laughs> we we're just like in awe of how fast this guy was tap dancing because it's really fast and you'd be surprised that he's, again, a dancer. He's like an actual tap dancer with skills and uh, abilities in that area and not a celebrity. They were like, hey, you've got like two weeks left. Do you want to <laughs> yeah. Do you want to yeah. play a character in Cats? Yeah, that one played the most like theater. Um, yeah. Sasha, do you have a favorite number? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sa Sasha, not a big fan of music, so it's a bit of an unfair question. No, but I do like musicals, though. Like, I do like um, the uh, Barber, the, whatever, the uh, Sweeney Todd. Like, there's definitely musicals that I like, and the Sweeney Todd, I think, is a really interesting uh, film. Um, and, and there's no, there's a whole bunch of musicals that I do like. There's a whole bunch of musicals that I don't like, but Cats is definitely not one of them, not the one I like. What about you, Joe? <laughs> What's your favorite? I think it's a toss-up between, well, of, of course, um, uh, whatever the uh, Jennifer Hudson song is sure. just, like, obviously a great song. But um, I would say uh, Gus, Gus's mm -hmm. song, 
Um, Sir Ian McKellen, I think, is just like a really... He performs that really well, and I think it is a good song. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the other one? The uh, no, that might be that might be my favorite one. All right, Michelle. Rum Tum Tugger is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with all of you. It's like it's always the people who know how to sing that are doing the best songs. The one song I really dislike is um, the the one they added to to make it a to, to get the best song Oscar. It's called Beautiful Ghosts, and it comes in the middle of the movie, and it just grinds everything to a halt. Mm-hmm. It's just that, that one where she's like, but at least you had beautiful ghosts. And it's like... Written by Taylor got, Swift, I believe. Written by Taylor... Oh. I actually... I, okay. do, I like that song. I do like it. Um, <laughs> I, I personally was just like... By that point in the movie, you just kind of want to get into the... Deeper into the insanity, and to have a song that just stops... That just right. kind of like grinds it to a halt. You're like, can we move on? By the way, fun fact: I just found out about this, but apparently uh, James Corden has in his Wikipedia a section that's literally just called musical disappointments, and it's Cats, The Prom, and Cinderella, 2021. Hmm. So this is a man so notable for sucking in musicals that he has his own section on the Wikipedia. And about they keep that. giving him roles in it. It really shows how stupid Hollywood is. Absolutely. And- uh, it's upsetting for that reason. Yeah, I, I think that um, so to like the reason why, despite all of these things that I love cats, is because to me, I appreciate it a lot when you can see that it's one person's vision, even if that vision is insane. Because nowadays you have so many movies that it feels like they were just like made by comedy. Comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, there's no, so there's no, like you can't ask why, because the people who wrote this are like uh, 10 people in a, in a, in a room with suits. And they were like, well, we need to do this to hit certain demographics. It's that Key and Peele sketch where he, the, I think, um, the, the, he, the Hollywood, he, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 like, yeah, he's like basically he's walking with they're running Bremlings four yeah. or something, yeah, that's, that's yeah. pretty funny, yeah, exactly. So it just feels like, oh, there, there's no so, but then you get into this movie, and again, it's bad, like, by all intents and purposes, the <laughs> result is bad, but it's it's that bad that comes out of seeing somebody really go out on stage and be like, I'm so confident that this rocks, and then mm-hmm. it sucks, and then you're just watching, and you're like, I know this sucks. But because that person is so confident on the suckage, it kind of makes it a little bit fun to watch. Sure, sure. Like any anything anything confident confidently done is mm-hmm. is more exciting than the other way. Well, should we save uh, the rest of our uh, feedback about this movie for the ratings? Yes. Yes. Let's get into the ratings. That'll be good. Um, so this is how the rating ratings work. We're gonna rate cats on a scale of zero to ten, each of us. Um, using something else as a reference point. That something else could be a film, a musical, a stage production, a cookie. It could be anything. We don't care. Uh, and if that doesn't make sense, well, me and Sasha are going to go first. I probably should go first because I feel like, Joe, you're going to... I'm going to talk for 20 minutes. Yeah. Straight. I'm going to compare this film to Sweeney Todd. The movie Sweeney Todd with the musical. Let's see which year it came out. Mm. 2007, I think. Let's see. That, that's a Tim Burton adaptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think also got some no, 86% Rotten Tomatoes. I remember some people didn't like it. Johnny Depp, you know. 
I have a very minor problem with that one, but I think as movie adaptations go, it's very like it gets to the point. It it knows how to let people sing. Uh, my minor problem with that one is that uh, Burton made a decision to take off the choruses. So, mm-hmm. so there's like in Sweeney Todd the musical, there's a Greek chorus that's saying attend the tale, Sweeney Todd, and they they kind of do the uh, transitions between scenes. So mm-hmm. they he cut that out and it's just instrumental. And I think you kind of lose a little bit of the. Mm-hmm. The Very nerdy of, of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I I am a sucker for Steven Sondheim. So sure, sure. I'm not yeah. a sucker for Steven Sondheim. I know he's. You know that's yeah. why I'm I'm not a musical person. But like, but I sure do like uh, these adap- this adaptation. I, I just saw it once, but I was like, I really like it so much that I bought a soundtrack and I was listening. Like, just drive my car, listen oh to my it. Gosh, you Box even get your uh, haircut at Fleet Street. Exactly. And I would give Sweeney Todd the t- 2007 movie an eight, probably. There's probably another musical that I can't remember that I like even more, but I definitely would give it to uh, an eight. Compared to that, Cats, the 2019 musical movie, is a one. Oh, so yeah, bad. Um, fair. No, like I'm so happy I saw it. Uh, what a great excuse for me to see it because I was curious. I was so curious, and I, the, I did not enjoy anything. I did not enjoy anything. I did. <laughs> I, I, I thought Taylor Swift was like more or less kind of kept me interested, like watching. But the rest of it, like my eyes wandered. Like I, I couldn't keep focused. Uh, like everything was just so gray and uh, the same. Every single the same cockroaches completely freaked me out. Uh, Rebel Wilson was upsetting. Uh, did, did Gordon, the, I couldn't look at him. Did the little rat? Children freak you out. Yeah, they weren't great either. Um, I, literally, there was nothing. There was nothing. I the only thing was like interesting was like, oh okay, let me see who's this main main character, Victoria. And I was like, oh, she's a professional ballerina. Let me Google her. That's all. So, but they had nothing to do with the movie. One, Joe. What about you? One. Oh my god. So this movie, it is so fun because, like we've stated again and again, it's like this culmination of poor choices. You can't aim to make a movie like this. You know, it's it's because you gave the VFX team four months that it has that uncanny look that you couldn't target and do, you know. Uh, so I really like this movie. I'm going to compare it to another musical that's a little off kilter, um, Blinded by the Light from... Oh, uh, the- 2019 Springsteen one. Yeah, right? the Bruce Springsteen documentary, not documentary, what am I talking about? Directed by Gurinder uh, Chada and it's basically about an uh, Asian kid in England who discovers Bruce Springsteen. So you have a lot of these musical moments that are so bizarre because the char- the actors are singing the song as they're like running down the street. But then the actual Bruce Springsteen track is put over them. So you can hear a little bit of these untrained singers. They're not even trying to be singers. Voice under it while hearing the actual song. And it's it's a very like grounded movie as far as like show, telling the story about uh, a kid having to kind of connect with his father, find his own uh, footing in life as an outsider. Yet you have these somewhat surrealistic uh, musical scenes where, you know, they're running down the street. You can hear them singing. So you have this feeling like they're actually doing this. But then it'll cut right to them being all the way across the city, continuing the song. 
and words are flashing on the screen. So you're like, oh, this just, I don't know if this is real or not real, but it's super enjoyable and the movie's really good. I give that a 9 out of 10. Mm. I would highly suggest wow. Blinded by the Light because I think it does work just as a, a, a non-musical movie. Mm-hmm. But the musical elements are really fun because it's Bruce Springsteen. It's it's just good music. Uh, 9 out of 10. I'm going to give Cats a 7 out of 10. Oh, I thought, I thought you'd go lower. <laughs> no, I really I like Cats. I think we'll Cats. go higher. It's it's hard to give higher than like a Blinded by the Light because I don't think it works as a movie and I think that's a lot of people struggle with it because um, even many musicals there obviously can be a little different than a, a standard movie or at least feel different. This one feels way different. There's no <laughs> real arcs you're following or anything like that. This story is very you don't really give a shit about any of this. Um, but it's constantly interesting, <laughs> constantly weird. I'm glad it exists. So seven out of ten. It can't really go higher than that because I don't think it's for you. We can. Let's hear from Michelle. Yeah, it might not, but I I think it is up there. I want to share it with the world, Michelle. Can I can I do two? Cause yeah, yeah, absolutely. In my I I cannot objectively give this a good grade, but subjectively <laughs> I can. So objectively, I will use as a reference my favorite musical of all time. Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, dude, I, I should have named... That's, that's the best one. That's the which, 10 on my scale. Mm-hmm. Which is funny. I was thinking about that when you were talking because Little Shop of Horrors has a lot to do with Cats because it's also a musical with a lot of special effects. And it's also got like an exaggerated tone. You know, it's a musical made in the 80s about people in the 50s. And it's kind of got that like dreamy feel, feel. But the thing that like Little Shop of Horrors nails is that everyone in that movie is great and the singing is amazing and there's a clear protagonist and once you see when you see rick moranis to see more you immediately like i will follow this man until the end of the earth that's mm-hmm. why i mean that's why they changed the ending for the movie because people got so angry at the idea that seymour would uh die spoilers at, by the way for... uh, spoiler yeah people got so <laughs> angry at the idea that seymour and audrey would die that they were like no we love them and we want them mm-hmm. back like because mm-hmm. They're really good actors and really good characters. So compared to like that, which I would give a 10, like mm-hmm. legitimately a fantastic movie and musical, Cats is a 1 <laughs> compared to that. <laughs> but subjectively, compared to the feeling of, um, and I, I hope this is not too weird. No, get weird. Compared to the feeling you get when you accidentally staple your finger and then you look <laughs> at it and then you take off the stapler and blood starts coming out and you go, huh. That's what happens when I do that when you're a kid, well, the first time you ever do that. And then you start screaming because there's blood coming out of your thumb. If I give that a five, then Cats is a ten because Cats <laughs> is a lot like is a lot like when you're a kid and you do something stupid and then you realize, oh, that's what happens when I do something stupid. And then your brain takes like five seconds before it goes, no, 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 this is mm. bad. Like that, that, those five seconds, that is Cats. That is the, your brain realizing that it has just done a big, big mistake. But then you want to keep bringing it back yeah, and keep stapling yeah. that hand. Uh, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on. This has been a very fun episode getting to talk about this. Uh, tell people a little bit about your podcast that you host. Yes, if you like the sound of my voice uh, and me overanalyzing dumb things, uh, <laughs> Full Metal Analyst is a podcast where I talk about, uh, me and two other people, we talk about a Japanese animated show called Full Metal Alchemist uh, Brotherhood 
we're currently wrapping up one because the show had two versions we're wrapping up one version of the show and we're gonna get started on the second one so if you want to watch a show that's really 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 unique I, I like that's the best word I can describe it. It's like an adventure show that sometimes dabbles in politics, and then every once in a while is like, what if I just gross out the viewer with the most insane gore possible? <laughs> like that's Full Metal Alchemist, and we have produced what I think is a very cool companion podcast. Uh, our, our episodes are always thirty minutes long, so it doesn't take you too long to catch up. You can find us at uh, just look for Full Metal Analyst. That's Full Metal Analyst. Uh, you can also follow me. On Twitter, if you like, uh, M I C H E L L I C H A N D. That's my full name, and I occasionally tweet about uh, Universal City Walk and nothing else because <laughs> that's where I watch my movies. I also co-host a podcast about Doctor Who, which is called Potter Who Cast. Who Cast? It's really fun. Uh, Doctor Who is another one where it's like unique, where there's nothing else in the world like it. It's the only show where you can have one episode. It's very scary about killer statues, and the other is about farting aliens. Uh, go listen to it. It's really, really fun. And we'll post um, all the links on the description of this episode. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on Shut Up, I Love It. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. And thank you for listening. <laughs>